Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at The Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 27, I am delighted to be joined by Brian O'Loughlin of Movement 101. We had a really interesting chat about movement, mindset, success, life and much more. Brian dropped loads of knowledge and value during our conversation, so you might want to take some notes on this one. Enjoy. Hi Brian, thanks many for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, would you be able to give a bit of an intro about yourself for maybe the listeners who don't know who you are? Yep, my name is Brian. I am from a company called Movement 101. Uh, we help our athletes and our clients physically move better. So we train athletes, both professional and amateur, to kind of prepare their body for the, the demands of their sport. And then we kind of just help general population, gym goers, etc., just to physically move well, to do what they want to do with their bodies. Perfect. So a lot of my listeners and the followers on the page are usually maybe a younger generation. A lot are still in secondary school and kind of that leavings are pressure. Can you take us through kind of those years, maybe 17, 18 and up to how you got into movement? Yes. Um, so I left uh, school and what did I do? That's a good question. I actually did a journalism course for six months. Okay. I didn't really know what I wanted to do outside of it. I was really good at English. I, I enjoyed writing and stuff and kind of journalism was kind of a stopgap really, but I didn't really know what I was doing. But it was meant to be a two-year course in Colossal Dulux. It was only kind of a, a PLC thing, but it only lasted six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I left and then got a job in a hotel. It was the Celtic Tiger, so there's a lot of money around. Mm-hmm. So like, I earned a fortune as pretty much like just a bellboy. Okay. Uh, like I mean a fortune. I just okay. thought this was normal life. Like, you know, you get le- so much money in the Celtic Tiger. It was ridiculous. Uh, but it obviously, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So the idea was that I was doing this to kind of decide what I, what I wanted to do. So I was there for a year and a half, and I made a decision to go back to Colossal Eda, I think it was at the time, to do a personal trainer course, which I, I think is only a six-month course, but w- it, was, it was the two-year course in Colossal Eda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the best decision I ever made. So I did that. After I did that, I did a physical and health activity degree up in DKIT, uh, a science degree. Um, and after that, I... So that, like, I, I was old, you know, in the sense of what I finished college, it must have been about 24, 25. Mm. And I just went into the industry then. So I, I had been working in between college. So when I, I, I qualified in Colossal uh, Eda, I w- was working in gyms. I had clients, etc. And then I did DKIT. And then after DKIT, I went out to the world and I decided to work half with clients and half in a gym. And then decided to go straight fully into movement and on my own and kind of do this thing but there was a kind of a segue in between that of why i I went to movement but yeah it was a long kind of way to mm-hmm. get to where i, I want to get to. and that's one thing i would say if anyone's listening who is under under the age of 25 actually under the age of 30 it's absolutely fine like you don't have to know exactly especially if you're in school right now and you have no idea that's absolutely fine you do not need to know the answer you more than likely don't know the answer and i'm quite confident for an awful lot of, lot of people your answer will change in a year, in five, in ten years. Um, the biggest thing I, w- I would just say is don't be afraid to explore and don't be afraid to constantly question what you want to do, what you're interested in, and try it. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, pivot. Yeah, exactly. You still have time when you're exactly. that age. Yeah, and th- yeah. but that's the thing. I'm, I'm 34 now, and you really forget your age once you get over the age of 30. Um, like, you can keep learning Yeah. all the time. You know, I, I'm not stopping. I'm not slowing down. I'm looking ahead into my life, into my 40s and 50s and 60s, in terms of improving my body, improving my mind, improving my life, you you, you don't, life just doesn't stop when you yeah. go out to the world and you have to do, do this thing forever. You're continually learning, 
and, and you can do whatever you want to do. 100%. And what got you into moving there? You kind of mentioned it briefly. It was an injury, wasn't it? Yeah, so I, I was in the industry uh, just t- uh, teaching and doing classes and training clients and stuff, but I had a shoulder injury that was really bad that I couldn't get rid of. Um, so I went to, like, to people to try and, and, and help me, and I got some short-term relief, but could never really deal with the issue. And it really got me down. Like I got quite depressed. I, I really... I felt like a fraud as a trainer because mm-hmm. I couldn't train myself. I was telling people what to do, but I couldn't do them movements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really be- made me question me being in the industry then, you know, because I didn't l- like the idea of just having training for fat loss and looking this way and social media was starting to come into it then. And, you know, it was all about six packs and kind of getting <laughs> your arse out and that kind of crack. But I didn't know enough about movement, you know, so I was exploring movement because of my injury. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know enough about it. Um, but then obviously the more I, I explored, the better I was physically moving and I actually got myself moving pain-free and that kind of gave me a bit more confidence mm. to explore further um, and after some like deep questions of what, what do I want to do in the industry? Do I w- want to leave it? Do I actually want to do this movement stuff and pursue it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really, really tough time for me to answer and say, no, I'm actually going to fully commit to this movement side of things, find a mentor, mm-hmm. really delve deeper into it. And that that was... And only about like 26 or 27 that I started to do that. So that was only about, say, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. That I fully was like, right, I'm now doing a movement thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advertise as I do movement and I help people physically move better while still doing fat loss mm-hmm. for the first year or so, you know. And then slowly I just transitioned to full-time move, movement. And Movement 101 is only three and a half years old. So as a company, we're very, very young. Um, But... Yeah, and so that's just something else I would say. No matter what you do in your career, no matter what age you are, there's always kind of fear. Like you're always afraid to do a thing that deep down you probably do want to do. Yeah. It doesn't get any kind of easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the best decision I ever made, one of the scariest decisions and one of the toughest decisions. Like it was, it was a tough work to get yeah. to where I am now and where I kind of want to go, but mm-hmm. such is life. Yeah, exactly. And you were saying there, so you before you set up Movement 101, you kind of were by yourself, still doing fat loss and then moving into movement yourself. Yeah. How long did that fully take for you to just be... A movement coach, let's say. Yeah, uh, well, like fu- like fully, I suppose really it wasn't until Movement 101 that was right. 100%, I, I, I would say. Because uh, beforehand, for about two years, I think I was called uh, Move More, what was my name before Movement 101. And I'd say 80% of my clients were uh, movement-based and okay. say about 20% were still kind of fat loss then. And then a year or two previous to that would have been mainly fat loss, some movement, mm-hmm. and then slowly that percentage obviously kind of changed. Okay. So... um. Yeah, it was the transition to fully movement probably didn't happen until Movement 101. And, and even that was a bit of a risk, you know, because yeah. it was like no one really cared four years ago about That's movement or say. mobility. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was like people were like, and even before that, when I was doing this, people were, I was like, well, go and do your stretching. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Again, I, I, but you're kind of like, well, I have a passion for this. I really believe in this. So I'm kind of, yeah. kind of, this is what I kind of want to do. Yeah. Not because uh, it's any different or whatever, just because I genuinely believe it, it can help people, you know? Yeah. So when we opened Movement 101, definitely it was certainly like the landscape now is completely changed. As yeah. you've seen and you can see through social media, Evans mad for movement and mobility and kind of health with their training and stuff. Mm. Like that which wasn't the case in any shape or form four years ago. So I hope to think that we were somewhat, you know, um, had, had some of an Im- Im- influence in that, you know, mm. in, in changing. Yeah. Um, but also it's great to see because I, I do believe that should have been the case, which it wasn't because especially at social media, the very start, yeah. like I said, as bad as it is now, all it was was like bodybuilding and, and you know that's all the reason you trained yeah whereas the narrative is slowly changing to health it's obviously never always going to be there because sex sells but mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh i, sorry, I don't know why i'm rounding on here <laughs> no sorry no i, I understand what you're saying and i was going to ask you've definitely noticed then there's a big change in perception and with general public was there much at the beginning 
not hate, but we'll say backlash or feedback. About yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say like, hate. Definitely too strong a word to like to say that we got any hate or that. But like, I suppose there was a mi- misunderstanding of wh- yeah. why we believed that it was important. The message that we were trying to deliver maybe wasn't as refined as it is now. And like anything else, uh, when you kind of get results or you kind of show the proof into the pudding, then people can mm-hmm. kind of buy into it a bit more, you know. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, like people were certainly interested in, in fairness. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they obviously were interested because it, it has taken to a, a stage now that it wasn't four mm-hmm. or five years ago. Um, but it was a different, it was a different uh, question that we were kind of asking people to ask, you know. Yeah. So, and that was the one thing that we always said about the industry. One thing we didn't like, myself and Rob, Rob is my business partner, um, and like we all we started at like normal gyms. So, for example, he was in FlyFit, and I was been in, in normal gyms like that mm-hmm. that we would have trained clients in class and stuff. And both of us, we end up talking and gotten together because when we came down to teach classes, people would just be standing there, looking at you, okay. like being like, right. Can, well, you, can yeah. you tell me to move? Like, you know, they wouldn't be warming up or they wouldn't be moving or, they, you know, they'd literally be like, right, I'm here now and you're going to tell me what to do. Yeah. And what really annoyed us was, especially with the industry, it's a very low barrier of entry. So you can kind of just, anyone can kind of be a PT or kind of yeah. kind of train people uh, in terms of their fitness. Um, But we wanted to educate people. Yeah. Because it's not about just this class. It's not just about this squad or this movement. It's about giving you the tools to go and do what you want to do yeah. for your body, but actually your life, you know? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it it's not just about, and we'll obviously get into it in terms of Gaelic and stuff. It isn't just about the movement because even you said about your injury, mm. you have uh, issues there like mentally and emotionally with your injury history. Exactly. And you know, you, what you would say is like injury is like an insult to mm. the nervous system. It's trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And that that's a real thing. Like, y- like your fear of that injury, of your fear of get, getting on that pitch and actually doing what you want to do with that injury. Like we, we can train that. We can educate you to mm-hmm. make sure that you have much more confidence to go and perform in that pitch. Never mind from a strength perspective or using the gym, et cetera, mm-hmm. but just through education. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's where the real life changing aspect comes from mm-hmm. health and fitness, because, you know, it's not just about body fat. It's not just yeah. about social media. It's, it's mm-hmm. so much deeper than that. Yeah. And when it, you kind of said there, like, it, obviously a lot of challenges setting up the business and it was a big leap. When did you start to see success with Movement 101? You were kind of thinking, right, we're really onto something here. When James McCarthy, probably. Okay. And, uh, no, in fairness, no, I, I'd say even before that, cause we were talking uh, off podcast about James McCarthy was kind of the first person of all the lads that came into us. But no, even before that, because what we had done, we, we had members originally in the studio and we had built our own movement assessment. Yeah. And I was just kind of randomly getting people messaging me asking about the movement assessment. Yeah, it was only me. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, but it was only um, built for our members. So we had never thought it was going to be a product or, or service that we would kind of deliver to the public. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden I was like, great, I'll just do one or two people here. Or I, I, maybe it's kind of friends or something. I don't really know what how it's kind of started. But then I was like, oh, actually, this is a service we could provide, actually. We, yeah. It was meant to be for just our members, but there seems to be an interest here for people who want to physically move better and get assessed and stuff. So... That was kind of the real catalyst going, oh, maybe there is something here. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose, like I said, when James then got in touch, uh, then we could just see that obviously he found value in what we were doing and then we knew we could help him. And then that mm-hmm. was definitely an even bigger catalyst, I suppose. Yeah, you spoke about it before with your approach to your clients and why it, everything started to snowball because people found success. You Can you explain your approach? I think it was person first, athlete next, and then specific to your sport, for example, Gaelic football. Mm. So uh, again, we just go back to that kind of health perspective. The one thing that we'd always look at for our athletes say it's just the health and longevity of their body mm-hmm. but the health and longevity for their body to do what they want to do forever mm-hmm. because they're not going to be for example a Gaelic footballer forever yeah. they'll actually only be a Gaelic footballer you know until they're what 30 35 yeah. you know max we'll just say 36 37 yeah. um, so you know you have a whole lifetime after that 
to live. Mm-hmm. And we have just dealt with so many kind of professional athletes with huge movement issues that limit their life after they, they stop playing professionally or they stop playing uh, their sport. So a big focus for us is that you are a human being first. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at, y- at you as a human being and improve you as a human being, mm-hmm. how you physically move, the strength you have, what you can do with your body. Because actually, if we can improve that, you naturally become a better athlete. You mm. naturally become a better Gaelic footballer. Mm. But then after we kind of go through uh, that human aspect, we can look at, at the, the athlete itself. So an athlete kind of has to have some level of coordination and be able to sprint and jump and do all that. We can get a bit more specific for that. And then we'll say for the Gaelic athletes, we can look at just say James McCarthy. He's a midfielder. We know he's going to be covering an awful lot of ground, kind of mm. forward and back. We can look specifically at the sport and then you know begin to, to work on that. But the sport doesn't matter. The athlete doesn't matter the human is mm-hmm. the first and foremost we need your body functioning well we need you to be able to do what you want to do with your body mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost from having that health ha- having that control but having that longevity to go and be able to perform mm-hmm. because um our biggest things people always say like, it's it's never an issue until it's it's an issue mm-hmm. you know and unfortunately especially in, in professional sport most people don't care about their athletes after they're done you know it's only about p- performing now and you know yeah. performing at the weekend and s- scoring points or goals for me right now but in 10 years time you're going to be here you're going to be living your life so yeah make sure you can move well exactly why do you how come like for example with the professional athletes and maybe you know the elite sports people they've access to to physios and all these different people to help them but why do they come to you why why do they seek help outside of their sport to come to you and, and get advice uh, I don't know really I suppose I, I, in terms of why they, they would come to us maybe to kind of just res- re- resonate with the message um, like it is a little bit different I suppose and, but also just in terms of what we do with movement and mobility in the when it comes to uh, sport professional sport it's kind of a second thought mm-hmm. because they have to get their gym sessions in they have to get their conditioning in they have to get their tactics in they have to get things ready uh, for to perform uh, at the weekend so mobility is always seen as a warm up as a cool down as foam rolling yeah. it's never really seen as a priority and that's just one thing that we've always done we've always programmed it just like strength training just mm-hmm. like you would anything in the gym it has to be given that uh, nuance it has to be given that focus and it has to be given a progressive program over time because mm-hmm. that's how the body's going to kind of adapt you know so when it, when it comes to a physio in professional sport especially they just have to get the player ready for the weekend and that's what's most most important you know so they, they have to just kind of focus more on short-term goals yeah. whereas because i'm not under pressure from a manager or a team to get performing tomorrow yeah i can look at it from a longer lens i can look at it and go well look we are where we are now let's look at three three months six months 12 months down the line mm-hmm. and let's kind of reverse engineer that so there's no real pressure on me. And that's yeah. one thing I, I would have said I wanted to get into professional sport from working with these guys. But now I, I, I'm happy that I'm not in professional sport okay. because I, I don't want to change my principles yeah. uh, in order to get them to perform when I wouldn't necessarily agree that they should perform, you know. Okay. Um, so it's nice to be able to be a, a consultant, say, more so than kind of be... Yeah. having to make decisions for the weekend kind of thing yeah that's interesting I actually had a question would you go into it or would you like to train a team but that's that's really interesting that you, you've gone away from that and we kind of yeah. spoke about it your best avali- availability or your best ability is your availability and that kind of seems to be the message at the moment in sport yeah and I, I suppose the biggest because we, we've had conversations with a few inter-county football teams and hurling teams and we nearly got over the line a couple of times mm. uh, to be part of their backroom team okay and uh Looking back now, again, it was a good thing it didn't go ahead. At the yeah. time, I definitely w- w- was disappointed with two teams in particular because I, I think we, we actually would have made them uh, potentially get over the line to win something. But 
it's just a different it's a different thing like I said it's, it, there's obviously there's long term goals that they have but yeah. they just performance is key mm. uh, as we know if, like you, if, you, if, if, if Mayo even Dublin if they don't perform mm. the upcoming season because it's a huge issue you know yeah. like, like, that, that has a huge impact on the whole organisation and the, the backroom team and even funding etc and what, what's going to yeah. happen so like th- there's just pressure for you to perform right now mm-hmm. and it's no good saying well that's going to take 12 months and whatever so that that's a beauty in terms of what we can do we can take these individuals outside of that scope we can kind of work with them in the long term mm-hmm. and uh, really you know apply our principles and do you think that approach is the reason for your success with these athletes or clients uh, yeah I suppose the biggest thing that w- really w- would be buy-in though that they see that the worth of why they're doing it and they see the importance of doing it because ultimately if they don't do the work yeah they don't really see any, any benefit or, or really get the uh, with the benefit for the pitch, I, uh, I suppose. So really, f- for me, it's to make sure that they understand why they're doing it. Yeah. It's to educate them around uh, everything that we do so mm-hmm. they can ask better questions of, themse- uh, of themselves, but then they can actually apply the principles to their own training so they mm-hmm. don't need us. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing in terms of what we're trying to achieve as well is that uh, there's principles around what we do. Not necessarily it's di- about this movement, this one movement, but more the underlying principle behind why we do that movement. If you can apply that to your own training, if you can apply that to your own life, uh, well then y- off you go yeah. you know you have tools now for life to implement mm. and you you don't need us so how do you measure that success with a client or an athlete is it them nearly leaving at the end and applying those principles to their life and other areas yeah pretty much I mean even for example like I say like John Small originally would have came into us uh, two years ago maybe even longer two and a half three years ago uh, with back pain mm. and he would have been into me say once a week and stuff whereas obviously on, like with what's happened over the last year and COVID and stuff it wouldn't be but just say it was normal times yeah see him maybe once a month or whatever you know because he, he just he knows what he has to do he's confident in terms of what he's doing he can make his own decisions based off his own training mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of there just to be like yeah cool we kind of just change this around or change that around um and that that's again the, the kind of beauty I, of that because once you have that kind of level and layer of, of competent in terms of movement mm-hmm. y- you have the tools now yourself to kind of go and do it and, and that's re- that, that's definitely the aim with all of our athletes okay is to really give them the principles like yeah. it, it's just it's just so key because um, it's not about it's not about right now. It's not about Dublin. It, yeah. re- it really isn't. You know, it, it's for John Small when he's forty five and yeah. he wants to go and play play golf with his mates, or he wants to go and hang around with his kid, or or whatever. You know, because th- that that's uh, applying them principles for that amount of time. You know, in your own life, that's that's huge. Hundred percent. It's bigger than the the seven in a row now. What they're yeah, over. exactly, exactly. <laughs> and what like you m- mentioned a lot of names there. What separates them from? the likes of me like just a gen- general person playing sport what makes the elite the elite well the first thing is genetics so we talked about this kind of off podcast a lot of these guys are literally designed to play this sport mm. like they, they always say about uh, being a, 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 a well winning goal at the olympics the best thing you can do is pick your parents so like you're you're genetically born to be a sprinter you're genetically born to be a marathon runner you're genetically born to play gaelic at a, at a certain level or premier league footballer so they definitely have that ahead of others you know mm-hmm. there's no doubt about that but having said that they get the most out of their genetics mm-hmm. like they live a lifestyle uh that just most other people wouldn't they don't they don't understand the sacrifices that they make that they can't go out with their friends they have to say no to certain occasions they have to go, go and train when they, they, they don't want to and they just make decisions uh that have huge sacrifices for every aspect of their life that you wouldn't necessarily see or or, or kind of know about mm. and then their mindset there's no doubt that they have a mindset that they actively work on okay. so they actively work on their on their uh, mindset and it is just one of a high, high performer like they, it's at a different level how even for the uh, example the likes of uh 
James and John who got in touch with me. So they went off their own bat. They got in touch with me. You know, they, they paid off their own money for me, mm-hmm. uh, to me, sorry, uh, to get the, uh, the education and stuff, you know, outside of their own training. Mm-hmm. And that's what the very best do. They look for different avenues. They look for that extra 1% and they're never satisfied. They're continually looking to upgrade their mindset, upgrade their body. What can I do to make myself a better athlete? Mm-hmm. And it's just never ending. Mm-hmm. And that's infectious to me as well. You can take yeah. just bits off that. It's absolutely amazing, you know. And do you think they're born with that mindset or is it developed over time? I, 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 no, I, I think you are a product. Well, you're definitely a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. So I, I like in terms of if you're born into an environment that yeah definitely you could have a head start mm-hmm. uh, uh, we'll say and then especially now because Dublin have won so much and they have such a high performing team there's no doubt that they, all of them are at a certain level yeah. and standard that you kind of need to get up towards but no again they actively work in their mindset they actively go, go out of their way to make decisions to ensure they're constantly growing and mm-hmm. improving um, and it's an aspect that we definitely see is a huge limiting factor for an awful lot of uh, athletes. They, they, don't, they don't work on, on their mindset. Okay. Because when it comes down to, we just say athlete A and athlete B being the exact same. Yeah. The only difference is that decision that they have to make. Yeah. And that decision they have to make usually is going to happen under fatigue and it's going to happen at a stressful time and under, let's just say, a circumstance of um, intense pressure. Yeah. So I have to score this point or I have to make this tackle, I have to make the decision of what I'm going to do right now in a split second. Yeah. So the nervous system is doing that. It's really subconscious. So the idea being like training, if you can train and train and train and train, it happens automatically. Yeah. And there's one thing that uh, we use actually, so it is a really good tip if you're doing your own training. If you're doing any intense training, uh, one, don't listen to music because the idea is all you're trying to do is survive. So if you're doing sprints and you're yeah. feeling sick or whatever, think of your brain and your body going, I'm going to die here because you're physically taxing it so much. The body's just trying to survive. Okay. So because it's trying to survive, if there's no outside influence in terms of music or something that's going to distract you, yeah. all you have to be, uh, all, all you'll, you'll, you'll connect with your body an awful lot. Yeah. And it, we have a practice called What Comes Up. So I have a book that I have, say, beside me and I'll go and do sprints. Uh, whatever comes up, I'll just r- write down. And that could be absolute gibberish. That okay. could be a business idea. That could be something, whatever comes up. But I will go and do a sprint. So I'll do 200 meter sprints for, I think I do six rounds. By the third or fourth round, I literally am going to get sick. I feel awful. Yeah. But I, I just will write stuff down. Things will just pop up in my head and I'll just write them down. And okay. some of the stuff that I get from that yeah. is amazing. Because my brain, my body's like, whatever. I'm just trying to survive. Yeah. And you'll always hear this phrase that whatever you want is inside of you. Yeah. So y- you have everything inside you already. And what happens is distraction just gets in the way. Life takes over. Social media, listen to music, podcast everything yeah. we were just constantly bombarded with just more yeah. but when you actually are just trying to survive and there's nothing else that's distracting you you'll be surprised at what comes up and then whatever comes up it can be beautiful it can be something that you go oh wow i never thought about that before and you can journal on that you can work on that yeah but that's actively working on your mindset that's actively improving you as a person it has nothing to do with your, your physicality but can take you to the next level as a human being and in turn then an athlete yeah and things like that uh, might seem a bit like left of center or a little bit different. Yeah. But in order for you to be the very best that you want to be, you have to do things that other people will not do. 100%. It's literally as simple as that. And that's what, again, people do. So you'd never look up to somebody, no matter who they are or how successful they are, and go, I can never do that, or he's done this, or they're lucky because of that. Yeah. And go, you've no idea how hard they've worked. Anybody, no matter how gifted or lucky they were to get to that position, has worked to get there. Yeah. And the tools you have at your disposal to do that are massive they don't cost a huge amount of money they don't, they don't they just take effort they just take time 
but they ultimately take a bit of discipline to do. Yeah, I love that because I'm a devil for I li- do everything, listen to music or podcasts, and that's really interesting. I'm gonna try it now, training. And it's quite tough as well because yeah. I, I would be in the same. So yeah. li- it's like even going to bed, I would always listen to podcasts. Yeah. It's like a distraction of going because this the one thing I always say as well. For the last year, I've been kind of, I've been purposely meditating and really making sure that, that I, I get it done. And what my mentor always said to me. Like people literally can't sit with themselves in a room yeah. for 10 minutes. And it, you, again, you might have heard that go, oh yeah, whatever. Try right now to do nothing, but sit down. Yeah. Like it's so difficult to do. Yeah. You'll just be like, oh, I have to get up or this thing is here. Check are the you? phone or something. Yeah. yeah. There's, always, there's always something. So yeah. if you can't sit for yourself for 10 minutes, you can't truly understand what you feel. You can't truly understand what you kind of want from your own being. Yeah. I, and like, again, this idea of what comes up when you're training, again, your brain is just trying to survive. Yeah. And you'll be so surprised of what comes up. But that's an action, again, you have to go and be the, uh, really uncomfortable, yeah. go and sprint and push yourself to near oblivion. But then also you have to be in that chaos. You have to go, hold on a second here. Mm. What do I feel? What's going on? Don't drown it out. Don't try and distract it. Don't try and get away from this. Yeah. Just sit with this. Just let, allow it out. And then you can journal on that. You can, but that's a system. That's a system that you can use. Jeez, imagine doing that for a year. I've done that for a year. Imagine doing that for a year. Yeah. And what could come up and what you can learn from that and how you can go deeper from that. And that's the difference of the 1% of people who really perform in sport, but also just in life. Yeah, I love that. I'm definitely going to rob that. And I, I actually had it written down as a, as a question, but and don't take this in the wrong way or any athlete listening, but there's actually nothing really special about you or any of these athletes. As you said, they just do it. They have the discipline and they just do it every day and they don't let life get in the way. Yeah, and, but, and the thing is, oh, life does get in the way. Mm. And and the, when the shit hits the fan, that's terrible yeah. and let's go again the yeah. next day. And and that's what uh, yeah, James Clear, uh, I, th- I think we... Uh, We're a big, there. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Yeah, so like Atomic Habits, but it's just like you've systems that's why yeah. you have a system yeah. the system is there because the chaotic nature of life will take over yeah. but i know i'm going to sprint twice a week so i know i can do my what comes up twice a week yeah now if i can't sprint today because my child is sick well I, I sprint twice a week i've only done it once this week i've got three more days this week i'm going to sprint one of these three days yeah you know so life takes over i can't do it right now but there's a system here that i stick to that i do yeah that if i do this i know i'm going to get the result just because I'm being consistent with that, you know? Yeah. And, and again, that, that is the difference. That, that they, they, they show up when they don't want to. They mm-hmm. make sure that they can't do it today, that they will do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you just have to do things you don't want to do. Like, you, you really, really do. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Like, it really is that simple. Yeah, I was actually on Instagram there yesterday and there was a couple of athletes I followed. Just at a coincidence, they all had to do a running session yesterday and they all actually put up, well, the people who share stuff on social media was, I actually don't want to do this running session but it's out of habit and it's because I have to do it that I'm doing it. But I genuinely just want to sit home and... That's brilliant. And I think I think it was James Clear as well, but the, being successful at that, excuse me, they're really good at doing the boring stuff. Yeah. And that's the difference between the professional and, and the amateur. Yeah. He just keeps doing the boring stuff. And it's really true in terms of what we do in business and uh, being an entrepreneur. Mm. There's a lot of boring stuff that's mm. very monotonous and you have to keep doing and make sure that it's done. And if you keep doing that, that will compound over time. And, uh, you know, and th- 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 that is the difference. 100%. You spoke before about it. I think it was kind of like a time hack or something you had, but for training. And you would put in your calendar, you kind of mentioned there with the sprints. Do you like schedule your workouts into your calendar? Yeah. So I, I, I live by my calendar. Uh, I'm about two or three weeks booked up in advance. So when you got on to me originally, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, and say two or three weeks time. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Lock, lock it in and Tuesdays and Thursdays for example are kept for podcasts or meetings things that wouldn't be normally what I would do okay but yeah I schedule so uh, 
I always make sure I get in my training, my family time, and then I suppose you can call it like say hobbies. Mm. So they're first things that go in. So I make sure that when am I going to train, I put that down four times a week and then twice we'll say for sprints. My family time with my child and, and, and my wife, I make sure I'm putting that in. Uh, and then my hobbies, if, I'm, like, if we're going to play golf or do whatever. So they all go in first every Sunday yeah. and everything else is built around that. But even with that, so every Monday we have meetings with, with all of our team. There's about four or five meetings that we have. That's every single Monday. Like I said, Tuesday and Thursday are kept for ad hoc things. If I'm okay. asked on podcast or if I have to do something or a webinar or, 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 or whatever, but it's all laid out. Okay. So I just stick with this. So I know exactly what I'm doing all this week. I know that I have to get these things done. But the reason they go in first is that they make me be the man that I have to be in order to actually do the things that I say I, I, I want to do. Because okay. I've burnt myself out on a like two if not three occasions I properly burnt myself out where okay. my body was like no, no no you're not doing this anymore and I, I would have went into like a depression for two or three months because my nervous system was so fried like yeah. I literally was just like saying yes to everything working seven days a week but yeah. I wasn't training I wasn't meditating I wasn't doing my hobbies I wasn't seeing my family my friends but these things I do value yeah like I, it's all well and good to say I, I love movement and I do and I want to improve it but I really value my time with my family. I really value my fitness and me being strong. Mm -hmm. So decisions I make now have to make sure that I'm al living, aligning with my values. Okay. So they have to go in first because they. I really value my health. I really value my f time with my family. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do them, well, why do I have a business? Mm. There's no point. The only reason you have a business is to build a lifestyle that you, you love to have. Yeah. So I'm able to train. I'm able to see my family on a Thursday afternoon, put them in, yeah. and now you can work around that no problem. I love that. Yeah, that's really clever. And y do you then, you kind of mentioned there meditation, journaling. Is that sort of like a daily habit that you have? Yeah, well, I I, I have a mentor, uh, Miles. He's actually an Irish guy who's in India. So once a month, I have a call with Miles. Yeah. It's a, about a two or three hour call and we kind of go through a meditation or sometimes we even just have a, kind of have a chat around uh, the whole practice. And then he'll give me a meditation to work on. I don't do meditation every single day, mm -hmm. but I get it done about three or four times a week. Okay. Um, and then, like I said, I have other things like so. What what comes up and in my training is a kind of practice as well. But yeah, I've actively done that for over a year now, actually three or four times a week. Because the one okay. thing I couldn't do was meditate. Okay. I just couldn't do it. I, was, I couldn't sit down with myself. I couldn't talk to racing. I couldn't st stop this. So I I found Miles, and Miles has a really good technique called the congruency method that he's made up himself. Okay. And it's just about sitting and he asks questions and you're feeling different body parts and what's going on. So it's a lot more nervous system body stuff that okay. I'm kind of into. So that's what so, so my, I would say to people as well. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to do it the way that everyone does it. Yeah. You find something that works for you. Yeah. But having a practice to keep yourself still or to listen to your body is something that I would definitely encourage. Okay. But that, again, this is true trial and error with myself. This didn't work for me. That didn't work for me. That didn't work for me. Oh, I found something here. This works. Yeah. Because there is no one answer. Yeah. It's just like movement. There's no one perfect thing for everybody. 100%. We're all individual. We all have our own ideas. We all have our own mindsets and goals and lives. Mm -hmm. So you find somebody or you find something that you align with and it will keep you consistent because mm -hmm. that's all that matters. And was that, was all these kind of things like the meditation and journey, was that originally from when you were burnt out or did you always do them anyway? No, well, I would have done them to a certain degree, yeah. So I definitely uh, would have, like, journaled and I would have meditated and I would have had these practices, obviously, training and all. But I wouldn't have been as consistent yeah. and I wouldn't have been as structured with it. Okay. Um, For example, like, I would have done meditation stuff in the past, but I didn't have someone to learn from. Yeah. And that that's what I have. I essentially have a mentor now. You call him a spiritual mentor, mm -hmm. a mentor if you want. But, uh, like, that's the difference is I have someone to hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. I have someone to teach me 
a new way and have someone that I can ask questions about or learn more from as opposed to just going onto YouTube or just hopping onto Spotify and hopping onto an app which I've all, which I would have done or read a book or something you know yeah. uh, the difference is I'm actively learning off somebody else I'm paying somebody mm-hmm. uh, and that, I think that's the difference for me that's been a game changer and then I've, I've had experiences now under meditation of something that you might hear of like mad experiences yeah that i would have never had previously okay and it's just a consistent practice over time and the beauty of all of this stuff for me is it just shows me something that i hugely believe is just how adaptable the human body is yeah but you have to do the work and 100%. it's not easy so you have to put a system in place but you really like i think the biggest thing for me is just finding really what you want from life having a clear vision and then being that person today okay because that that's one thing that i, I would have not done i would have had that vision and said, oh, yeah, I want that. But you didn't. Yeah, I, yeah. D- I didn't. Ha- I wasn't doing the actions that were ever going to get me there. Okay. You know, I was, sorry, that's a lie. I would have done some of the actions some but of the time. Not consistently. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that was the issue. And th- that's why I think when it comes to being burnt out, you're burning yourself out fine. You're exhausted and you're saying yes to everything. You should be saying no. Mm-hmm. But you're actually just completely out of alignment mm-hmm. with your life. Like you're, you're doing things that deep down you don't want to do. Yeah. And, and eventually your, your brain, your body's like, no. Yeah. You, you, you you are living a life that you do not want to live mm-hmm. and stop mm. do kind something of giving it. you a message yeah definitely and what's that vision then for you what is that sort of wh- what do you want to get out of life well, just to live a life of, of, of well to have impact uh, and, and have a freedom i suppose I have an impact in terms of movement 101 mm-hmm. uh our, our from day one our aim was to help millions of people physically move better and explore how to, uh, how they move mm-hmm. and then just have a freedom to be able to for example on a, on a tuesday come down here and do it to a podcast and mm-hmm. uh interact with people like yourself to learn from and, and stuff so it's just to have experiences in life that i really value to be surrounded by people that i can learn from and just to try and create something yeah that i i believe has value for people you know it's really uh, I'm 34 now and it's definitely uh, it's true in the sense of the older you get that you do begin to understand yourself more but I think the only difference for me as I get older is I just have these practices you know I have these things where I reflect I, I journal I meditate what comes up I'm just being much more consistent of asking myself continuously of what I want mm-hmm. who am I showing up as uh, every single day you know I, I, d- I don't really see the need to be getting pissed drunk every weekend because it just doesn't align with my values you know yeah. I, d- I don't want to feel like crap for two or three days i don't particularly want to uh drink you know six points uh, down the local all the time you know i just have yeah bigger visions for my own life and for things i want to do and for my family and for movement 101 so just having a really really clear vision yeah a really clear vision of what you want from life and that that can mean money but there's so much more to life than just money you know it really is like who you want to see every single day the person you want to show up as and the things you actually want to do and if you're really clear on that brilliant you know where you're going and then just begin to do it that's as you were saying that i was kind of thinking well that's out of the norm that you're not going down to the pub every friday every saturday with mm. your mates it's not like the, the the normal path that a lot of people take they're all kind of following each other like sheep nearly well that yeah but i suppose i i did that when yeah. I was in, you know in my 20s I, I would have went down to the pub and got pissed drunk and eventually kind of made a decision we'll say around 27 28 to you know stop doing that yeah and i do i do, I do think like, like these things are experiences like i do think like doing that, them things is fine yeah to understand maybe 10 years later that i don't want to do that, do that anymore you know yeah. so it's not that the things that i did were bad or i shouldn't have done them it has brought me where i am now mm-hmm. but the idea for me is, is just to constantly realize that you're well you never get there like you're never at the end so like i'm 34 
and I still feel like I'm 19. <laughs> so when, I, when I'm 40, so my business partner is 44. Yeah. And like, he's just like me. He's, you're constantly like, oh yeah, what are we going to do today? And like, so no, no matter how much money you have or whatever success you have, you still have to get up. You're still surrounded by your family. You're still like t- in your own thoughts. Yeah. Like nothing ever changes. Yeah. So no, no matter how successful you get or no matter how much money you have, whatever, you're still here every single day and life goes on. Yeah. So the biggest thing is like, well, what do you want from life? What, what do you want to achieve? What experiences do you want to have? Who do you want to be, be surrounded by? And get really, really clear and really, really specific. Because if you get really clear and really specific, then you can just begin to work towards that. Okay. And did you ever have a moment where you like really sat down and wrote that out? Or was it kind of just... Yeah, well, actually, the biggest thing was when uh, uh, that decision to go from in the gym environment to more movement-based. Mm-hmm. I actually went traveling by myself for... I think six months to Southeast Asia. Oh, wow. And that was a decision of whether I'll leave the industry or I'll go down this movement path because the industry I didn't believe in, but the movement stuff I didn't know enough about. Yeah. So I went to Southeast Asia, like traveled, had a great time, but I actually went to a yoga retreat twice. So for six weeks the first time and eight weeks the second time. But the aim was it wasn't actually to do yoga. It was just just to go away for six weeks and just to journal mm-hmm. and see what I, wa- what I, I, I uh, want from life. And that was it was actually really tough. Mm-hmm. It was a really tough thing to do when to really see how much I was bullshitting myself and actually what I do want from life and who I'm showing up as and stuff. Um, I made the decision then after that trip was was to come home, find a mentor and do this thing that you say you do want to do. Mm. And that was that was the catalyst to change, you know, uh, to, to kind of do that. Okay. Um, it was quite a tough thing to do. Yeah, I'd say so. It kind of reminds me of that you have to sit down with yourself. You don't like yeah. if right now you can't really go to Saudi Asia because of the COVID. Yeah. But if you just sit with yourself in a room, you can kind of not recreate it, but it's similar. Enough. Yeah. Well, even to the idea of traveling, though, for me, and I, I don't know about anybody else, but like when you just go to somewhere else, I just think obviously it's like, all right, nobody knows me here. So yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I can do whatever. I can be the real me or something like. <laughs> yeah. So but you can just do that now. You know, yeah. like you said, you're, you're kind of being pull left, right and centre by people who don't really know what they want themselves either. Yeah. So just be, again, be mindful and ask yourself the question going, well, do I want to do this? Whatever yeah. that is. Like whether that means going to study this thing in, in college, whether that means doing a job that you want to do right now, whether that means you training or going to the pub or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you're doing, you're showing up at every single day you're doing it. Mm. Is it what you want to do? Yeah. And you can just sit down and ask yourself, what do I want from my life? Yeah. And if you don't know, sit down and write. Yeah, they just keep writing. And that can take a week, that can take a year, that can take 10 years, but you will have no idea that you sit down with yourself and just get it out. Just let whatever comes up, comes up. And again, having the practices of them things, of training, of having a calendar and being uh, stuck with them things, them days, sorry, um, just means that you can begin to work towards the things that are important to you. And it's a huge thing that we see where a lot, a lot of people we, we, we would deal with in pain it's very similar to fat loss it's not that people don't know what to do when it comes to say uh, fat loss or even necessarily pain they didn't they know they're not sleeping enough and all this kind of stuff the biggest thing is they're not doing it so they're not actually doing the practices they know they have to do and most cases they don't really know what they want to do yeah. they're kind of just living in a kind of a blur of a life going oh, this everything is terrible yeah. and go well, well that's fine so if everything is terrible what's the one thing you can do today to make it better yeah and go, well, what do you mean? I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what I want. Okay, well, the, the, maybe the one thing is to sit down. And write what you want. Yeah, yeah. what do you want? Yeah. Like Jordan Peterson always says, you should have two two visions. One pulls you towards it and one you run away from. So one vision is your perfect life. Yeah. The other vision is hell. So if you if you were to make a terrible decision to get pissed drunk or take drugs, that's your hell. Yeah. And then the vision is, to, if you were to show up as a person that you know you can be, that's that. So you run away from your hell 
and you're being pulled towards your vision. Now, I haven't got a hell. I just have a vision. Okay. I'm being pulled towards the vision. But both would kind of make sense. Because yeah. you could easily go down towards that hell if you make bad decisions. You could yeah. easily go towards that vision if you make good decisions. Both of them are tough. Yeah. Both of them require you to get up every single day and take action. Yeah. And would you ever look back at what you wrote, not specifically that time in Southeast Asia, but just in general, would you ever reflect back on your notes or your journals? Yeah, I actually was only uh, thing is the other day, I, I found, uh, well, not found, they're always there, but five of my journals over the last five years. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. So if, okay. you, if you journal, don't ever throw your journals away because it is amazing when you read back a year, never mind five years ago and what you believed. Yeah. And uh, one thing I, I've always heard, even now when I look at my posts on social media a year ago, I'm quite embarrassed about what I said and okay. what the hell it was like. And a mentor t- to me said, if you look back in a year's time and you're embarrassed, that's brilliant. That means you've grown. I love that. And if you, if you look back in a year's time and you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm deadly. You're literally the same person you were a year ago. Yeah, and, and and the idea is that if you're not growing, you're you're kind of staying static, and mm-hmm. really staying static is is essentially dying, you know, because we're ever evolving. So the idea is that if you're continually growing, you should look back at some stage and you go, "What was I thinking?" But the best thing with that is when you look back and go, "Oh my God, I thought that five years ago." Yeah, I would never think that now. Yeah. So imagine you go, "What can I think in five years' time?" Yeah. So and that's the beauty of life, you know, because you are where you are now, but where do you want to go? Just keep taking steps forward, and when you look back, you go. Wow, so like self-reflection is something that I probably don't do enough. I think is really, really important because I'm constantly creating and you're looking to do the next thing and then building yeah. all the time. But re- reflecting on how far you come, reflecting on what you used to believe in, the person you used to be, mm-hmm. makes you really appreciate going, okay, you know, like enjoy now the present, you know. Yeah. And w- when you say journaling, I, I, what I love about it is we can all have different types of journaling. We can mm. all do it differently. How do you journal? Well, there's a couple of things I, I, I do. So, my journal will always be three things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. So I'll always have that at, uh, at the start. Then I will say three things I have to get done for tomorrow. Uh, so I'll, I'll usually do this in the even time. Mm-hmm. Uh, three things I have to get done tomorrow. And then what I got done, sorry, what I, I got done today that has to be taken over tomorrow. And then three things I have to get done tomorrow. And then I'll just write. And okay. usually it's on the day. Okay. So, you know, either I'll go, oh, today was a great day or today was a terrible day or this thing happened today mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll just, I'll just, just write. Okay. And then if, if it's something that's good, uh, that, that could turn into, so something like say, that was good uh, last week. Uh, I was like, oh, today was a, re- a really good day. We had this happen. The business is really good. This project is, is coming aboard and then o- over this. And then Sailor, my daughter came up to me and did this. And before I knew it, I was just writing about Sailor and my child and how much I love her. And yeah. that went on for pages. So it, it kind of just goes wherever, you yeah. know, but there's a system there that I'll make sure I write about the day just gone by, good, bad or indifferent. And then it could go kind of anywhere. OK, what we were talking about, we weren't specifically mentioning athletes, but as you were saying, it's that constant improvement and looking forward. That's literally that's my I don't know if you have a definition of high performance, but that's sort of my interpretation of it. What do you think is high performance? I don't know, really. I think that like, it's so many elements to it, you know, like high, uh, high performance for me definitely it means like having standards okay and then you having to show up to them standards every single day okay because like again something else that i've done over the last two or three weeks is i wrote my uh, eulogy okay so i look back on well i someone will read out the father i am and the man i was and the bit and it's actually really revealing it's really like it's actually a really really difficult thing to do it makes you realize how bad of a son you are how bad you know how areas of your life that you're not really giving 100 percent that you should be much uh, much better in um but that's going to raise my standards that's going to make sure that i kind of try and you know be better 
Yeah. And I, I think that's just, just what high performance is to me. Yeah. Is you're just con- continually trying to, to grow as a human being. And it's not just because high performance at, at the top level isn't just about sport. Yeah. There's so many aspects to it. And th- that's the one thing. Like, so, for example, if you are, like, are an athlete, something happens in your personal life can massively affect your, your performance. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they're human. You know, yeah. they, they're human beings. So a high performer for me just makes sure that their whole life is 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 what they want essentially mm. you know because if they're showing up as a better husband and father they're going to be a better person than actually on that pitch yeah so you're just continually trying to improve every aspect of your life and just be a better person and that's the standards that you have and that transfers then to everything and that's the one thing i get from all my top level athletes like they're much better footballers or olympians that i could ever be yeah. ever in a million years mm-hmm. but there's so much that i can just take from their life and what they do and their mindset that i can just apply it to, m- to my life it's amazing and i actually had a question there what what have you taken from them what have you applied uh, i suppose uh, like this this not the single-mindedness but the the the, the belief in terms of, of of who they are from the work that, that they do i suppose okay. because they, they do have like like they would lack confidence in certain areas or trying to go and perform or 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 whatever but they leave no stone unturned the best of the best don't yeah they leave no stone unturned and a lot of the athletes that i work with they who are, who are, are the best say they are so giving to me it's unbelievable okay like they're, they're so confident and sure in their own lives and them as, as human beings that they look to help you yeah how can i help you do this or can in any kind of aspect and, and and that's just something that has been massive for me so it's like how can i give value to you for example how can i give you more value as we are here right now yeah and if you could d- give that to every single person that you meet you're just going to be a better person yourself and that's what high performers and the top level athletes i work with definitely do i love that it reminds me i don't know if you know lebron james but he'd be like the best basically the best basketball player in the world but what he's done off the court like he has a school now for underprivileged kids and doing amazing stuff and you said he's given back and I think that's a key part of high performance is you're more than just the athlete on the pitch or on yeah. the court you're beyond that I think that, that that's the biggest thing even for example I remember like uh, had a client uh, per lad who had uh, autism young lad and then uh, Dean gave him a jersey Dean Rock gave him a jersey oh. uh, went out of his way to get Evan to sign it in, uh, on, on the team and yeah. gave it to him gave him a picture and all that Uh and it made his day the, the, the kid you know what I mean yeah. and I, I think that's why all these lads they realise like the privileged position they're in yeah. and how many people look up to them yeah. and, but then that's that's their impact you know what I mean like forget the pitch mm. like the impact that they have off that pitch for people to go and be the people that they want to be like, that, that, that's massive you know yeah. that, that's huge because ultimately that, that's what it comes down to like again they won't be uh, footballers forever Yeah. but that experience and, and, and that, that helping hand and giving to somebody else that just makes you a better human and that that's amazing like yeah that's a really nice story actually and talking about those clients in particular the kind of high performing individuals with their approach to training then where do you, you like you start with the person when you get to the athlete in sport what what do you start with well it kind of it would be dictated by the athletes mm-hmm. you know like i mentioned uh, off podcast we're training a professional footballer in the uk and he has two games a week mm-hmm. so there's not a huge amount that we can do you know and so it will always be dictated by the athlete and where they are in season and how much training they're doing if they have any time off etc yeah. so it would be an individual in in that sense but really i suppose uh, with any athlete in season i'm really programming around their program okay so i'm making sure that they're getting the work they need to get done that they're not getting from their own program but then i'm actually just looking at their program and going can we just tweak one or two things for example this split squat or this deadlift can we change that variation slightly yeah. just to bias 
weaker areas that we know that if you can improve that for you, you can get more movement through that hip or we can get more movement through that ankle and that can transfer over towards the pitch or whatever. So it's kind of a balancing act, really. Okay. So you, you one, you're trying to give them something that they're not getting from the training and then you're just trying to tweak their training that they're already doing and go, can we get more out of it for you as an individual for your current needs? Okay. And in terms of pre-game routine, that's kind of a big thing I like to discuss on the podcast. Is there anything specific you give? I know it probably depends on the athlete, but is there anything specific you give to them to do before a match and kind of get activated? Yeah, again, it would be like, if you anyone follows me on, on Instagram, like we're big fans of kind of like, say, active movement. Uh, so when it just comes to Gaelic, a- anything you can get around the hips and the pelvis will work really well just because of the nature of, of the sport. When you walk, when you run, you want that pelvis to be able to move, the hips to physically move. And then when you get in that pitch, you're going to be turning side to side. Yeah. So I'm always giving my athletes movements around the pelvis and the hips 100%. Okay. So that that could look, there's numerous different drills that we uh, we could give, but we're making sure that they're they're working hard. It's not just kind of activating your glutes or whatever. Like they're, they're cramping, yeah. they're, they're sweating, they're, they're really getting into areas. B- before a game. Before a game, yeah. Okay. Because again, even like as taxing as they may be, within two or three weeks, the body responds really quickly. It's just your body weight. You're working in, uh, into an area that you're really not used to mm-hmm. uh, and the body will recover, will adapt really, really quickly. You know, So like it's not going to be too taxing for them to actually physically do beforehand. Um, and obviously they're getting stronger as they do it. So one thing I would say, is look to potentially progress your warm-up every month. Okay. Not to keep doing the same thing. Because the warm-up is, although it's uh, meant to activate and get you ready for what you're going to do, the idea is that you, you've kind of adapted to this warm-up. You're kind of past this one that you've done for two, three, four weeks. So the aim is like, right, cool. Can I do a kind of slightly harder one next month? Yeah. Because if you do that every single month, by the end of the year, you're now doing a warm-up that you couldn't have done a year ago. Yeah. So now you've got more control, you're much stronger, you're able to push your body a hell of a lot more. And then, genuinely, you may not need to warm up. Okay. Like, uh, I yeah. don't warm up when I train. I trained yesterday. I just went straight in. I didn't warm up. That's mad. I would never have thought of, like, even in a team perspective, that's really interesting about the warm up because if you're doing the same thing again and again, you're not, uh, you're warming up then because you're so used to so it. So remember, the intent. Yeah. Evan always sees it as a warm up. Yeah. But it's not a warm up. Yeah. It's a program. You can just program it as such. Yeah. And that's the difference. So the intent behind what you're doing is massive. It's a warm up, like a cool down. Any of your training, you should be programming that like it's progressing, that you're pushing more, your body's adapting, yeah. and you are able to physically do more. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of this, you know. Cause so, so that's like I said, that's a different thing of doing a warm up for twelve months, yeah, progressively, or doing a warm up like everyone does. Oh, I'm just gonna do a warm up, yeah. You know, they copy each other exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do it. Yeah, oh, I have to do it. The dumb lads are doing it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you again, if you can look at it, that lens going, let's let's progress my warm up. Yeah, you're going to be doing more each month. And like I said, you shouldn't. Like, look, definitely, you you should warm up for a game. Like you're yeah. really more, your nervous system is up. I, I'm not saying you shouldn't warm up. Yeah. But you shouldn't have to warm up. Like I I, I should be able to run in and squat or jump or do a run. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. Because that's the indication that my nervous system, my brain is ready. And if you're constantly ready, then you're like I can perform right now when it matters. Mm-hmm. And kind of then talking about after the match, I know you mentioned before you'd give them sort of light movement what's your sort of post-game routine then maybe? No, I haven't got any post-game routine so okay. I don't prescribe anything because okay. it comes down to the big pillars of sleep, uh, calories, you know, nutrition, protein, um, water intake. Uh, all of them things are so much more important. Okay. Because if you haven't got them levels and layers of blocks in place, you doing a cool down or stretch for not 10 minutes. Exactly. Difference. not going to make a huge difference. And that, yeah. Again, you're trying to ask yourself better questions. Have you got these fundamental foundations in place because you doing a 10 minute cool down 
is not the issue. Yeah. The issue is that you're only sleeping five hours a day or you're stressed at nines because of your job mm-hmm. or you're doing way too much training. You're training six days a week and your body's not actually able to recover. Mm-hmm. So like, again, the warm up and cool down, whilst important, you have to look at the bigger picture yeah. because if you can get the bigger picture right, the cool down and warm up look after themselves and they're kind of a supplement mm. to that foundation, just like say supplements are. Yeah. Again, you can take all the supplements in the world, but if you're not getting the amount of calories and proper protein in, yeah. then again, you're just not being able to recover or push your body or get strong and build muscle. Yeah. And that supplement isn't going to be having the same effect at all. I like that analogy. It's what you're doing is nearly more than movement. It's other things yeah. beyond that. And, and th- th- that's kind of the, the aim really as well, because it, it, people always ask, what's the movement for my hip or what's the movement for, for my back? And then we'd have a questionnaire that's about, you know, 20 questions long. Okay. And it's nothing to do with your hip or your back. It's all to do with your lifestyle or your mindset or your training volume or your, you okay. know, like it's, yeah. like if, if you if you are training six days a week and like I said, you're sleeping five hours a night yeah. and you have an issue with your back, I can give you an exercise in, in the world, but like but you're, it's not gonna help. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're training yeah. like crazy, you're not sleeping. Like yeah. your body is so stressed that you know you're now adding more stress with a different exercise onto it yeah you don't need more stress you need quite the opposite less stress so a lot of times when when we train clients we just change our volume around we wouldn't stop them training yeah we go well how about we go to instead of you doing four sessions of two upper and two lower Mm -hmm. let's make them three whole body Mm -hmm. let's just do that so we're taking out one session a week we're still hitting all the areas but now we're giving you an extra day to recover and go geez i actually feel better doing that okay cool you know because there's diminishing returns eventually. You know, you have to keep the goal the goal. Yeah. What are you trying to do? Drop body fat and build muscle or perform on that pitch? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're two different things. And with that questionnaire, what are some of the questions that you ask surrounding maybe sleep and mindset? Well, e- even just like how many hours of sleep would you get? Uh, mindset, do you actively work on your mindset? For example, we say how many nature hits do you get a week? So it's like, do you, do you get out at all in nature? Do okay. you go for a walk? Do, uh, what, what else? I'm just trying to think. Um... Well, injury history would obviously be a big one. What is your yeah. in, uh, injury history? Uh, what have you done in the past to improve how you move? Because a lot of people would just use likes of foam rolling or yeah. massage or, yeah. uh, again, activating their glutes. You know, what the approach they're taking isn't necessarily uh, the, be- the be- best approach. So all, all of these things just gives us information of potentially where we could improve. So if you're not actively working on, on your mindset, we can begin to work on that. If you're not getting any nature hits, you're getting no fresh air, you're not getting any sunlight whatsoever, we can just make sure you're, you're getting out three to four times a week, making sure you're getting out for 10 minutes with no music, you're getting natural light, and do that first thing in the morning. It, it, that, that can completely transform your sleep. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, it's nothing to do with your actual sleep and, and you being stressed. You get no sunlight whatsoever during your whole week because you're working and then you're going training at night time. Yeah. So we can just get more sunlight. Your body gets used to waking up, going to sleep at night time, and you get an extra hour or two of sleep. Mm-hmm. That improves your recovery. You don't f- feel anywhere near a sore, and now you're adapting to the stimulus you're giving it, and you're progressing a hell of a lot quicker, two, three, four, five, six weeks down the line. Yeah, that was actually, I had written down here from your, your podcast, you kind of have three non-negotiable habits that they don't have to do, but for the new uh, online members, can you explain those three? Yeah, well... The tree would be, and again, they're non-negotiable in the sense of they, they just work really well. So they don't necessarily have to do them if you, yeah. if you didn't want to. But uh, one would be, would be to get natural light. So as soon as you wake up, try and get some natural light. And ideally, that would be outside. Mm-hmm. So that means going out the back garden. Or if you can't go to the back garden, you can just stand by the window. But for at least 10 minutes. And even if it's not sunny, you will still get some benefit just from getting uh, natural light first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to go on any... 
uh, electronics for the first 30 minutes. Okay. And that's more kind of a, of a stress response because most people will go to social media or they'll check their emails or they'll yeah. check whatever. So you're, you're, you're going straight from a kind of rest or di- digest state of sleeping straight into this kind of stress response. Mm-hmm. Um, of Yeah, sorry. So ter- 30 minutes of, of, of nothing, really, essentially. And yeah. I, even I, ideally with that, you, you would, if you could, have a practice of journaling or movement mm-hmm. uh, in that as well. Um, of that first 30 minutes so it's not like you're just sitting down for 30 minutes doing nothing yeah exactly <laughs> well it could be though genuinely yeah. it oh, could yeah. literally be doing nothing yeah. and that's absolutely fine as well but it, I suppose the biggest thing is that you're not being distracted or taken away from the present moment yeah. because this is the issue that we have which is all of our athletes is, is like we're, we're trying to allow them handle more stress mm-hmm. so if we can just take some stressors away well, all of a sudden they're able to handle the stress that is in their life right now. Mm-hmm. So it's not that we're, we have to make their body more robust or anything like that. We just want to make sure that can we reduce some of the stress mm-hmm. so then the stress that is on their body is nowhere near as taxing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I, I know what you mean. How much is it then physical and psychological? In what sense? In terms of the athletes and performing. Um, I, again, it'd be quite individual. So, you know, you couldn't say for definite it's, you know, 50-50 or this kind of uh, percentage. Yeah. But there's no doubt that, you know, the mindset aspect and, you know, psychologically has a huge impact mm. on what you, you, you can f- physically do. Mm-hmm. Even, for example, if you look at professional athletes, some professional athletes will have a little tweak of a hamstring or a groin and, and will play. Others won't. Like So even just that alone, they both had the same, we'll say, issue with their body but then it affects someone completely different than it does another person. That can go down to their past experience, that can go with their injury history, that can go with uh, genetically their their makeup. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it does make a difference in in terms of that. But then you look, as you mentioned, about uh, LeBron, and then you look at Ronaldo or Messi, or again, look at James McCarthy, the best uh, athletes in their sport. They, again, do things. They are showing up as a different human. They have systems in place every single day. Yeah that other people just don't. Like LeBron, even, I, I've read, read, read about uh, LeBron that he'd be, ring, ring the trainer, say, I'm going to be in, in, the, in, in there for f- at five o'clock in the morning. He's like, oh yeah, cool. He rings about two o'clock. So your man gets there at five. LeBron's been there for the last hour. Yeah, he's in a full sweat yeah. when your man shows yeah. up. Yeah. So you think, he's, I see there at five, he's like, oh, five o'clock, I'm okay. And he's there for a full sweat already for an hour. Yeah. And, th- and I think that's the difference though, of the very, very, very best. Okay. LeBron is the person he wants to be on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. So he's literally b- living a life that he wants to live by being on that court. Yeah. He's obsessed. Yeah. And without it, he isn't LeBron James. Yeah. And I think that's the difference when it comes to the very, very best. Okay. They're obsessed. Like, it's even for me as an entrepreneur in terms of doing what I'm doing, I, I love what I do. Yeah. I, I can it. tell. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do genuinely, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I, I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Like, I mean, I, again, I did it for years without getting paid. I do a lot of stuff now, not getting paid to do it because yeah. I just really, really enjoy it. And yeah. I wouldn't be the person that I want to be or I am right now today without it yeah so i really identify with it you know yeah and that's actually one thing that they would say about how to build a habit is you're identifying with that you're a person so i am the movement person i am that yeah. person and, and lebron is the basketball player yeah. he's the best person in the world so he embodies that everything that he is it's he is that yeah yeah do you think it do you think you have to be obsessed with it though to be the elite yeah. is that that is that the 100%. difference yeah. I, I genuinely do, yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I think it's impossible. It, like, if you want to get to the top level of anything, and that, that could be in any uh, industry, uh, you have to be obsessed. Because the best thing, uh, I mentioned there about doing the boring stuff. Yeah. You will not do the boring stuff unless you're obsessed. Okay. You, you just won't. You'll get too bored, or you, it's too much effort. Yeah. But if you're obsessed, 
it's just what you do it's in your makeup because you just understand that if i don't do this thing i can't do this thing that i absolutely love to do you know yeah. and it, it's, it's even then coming back to i suppose to that vision and really understanding who you are as a person because then you're able to give yourself 100 percent to it you know yeah. and you're, you're not doing it like lebron's not doing it so people think he's, he's an animal yeah just himself yeah yeah he literally he shows up as a better husband as a father as a better person just through being able to do what, what, what he does yeah. he's able to have the impact around the whole world and everyone around them just by being able to 100 percent be engrossed and be that elite basketball player yeah, uh, but it's same. Uh, we've mentors in business and stuff, and anyone, like anyone who's who's the top of their field, is obsessed. Yeah, but we're all obsessed with something. We are. We just either aren't sure kind of what that obsession is, mm-hmm. or we just we ignore it and go, oh well, that's not an obsession. Like everyone watches Netflix or whatever, and they yeah. don't realize they watch a whole. They watch every single night. Yeah, you know, they, that's they, an obsession. They, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's just not an active obsession. That one that you may be kind of uh, aware of. Or two, maybe isn't bringing you towards the goals that you kind of w- want to get, you know? Yeah. And that's the beauty of, again, asking yourself these questions. Mm-hmm. Are the actions I'm taking every single day? Because they're actions you are taking every single day mm-hmm. that are giving you the res- results you have right now. Yeah. So you can change that. You're currently on that path to, let's say, th- to success. Because I get the sense that you're not finished yet and you've plans coming. Does, does it get overwhelming? Do you ever think, oh, uh, this isn't great? This isn't, is this too much? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I such life, really. You know, like I, I think, uh, like if if anything was easy, everyone would do it, and and life isn't easy. You know, yeah. so, um, yeah, it definitely does. It life has its challenges, and business has its challenges, and things uh, occur that you ne- haven't necessarily planned for. Yeah. But that's again the idea of having systems. That it's easy to kind of deal with the chaotic nature of life. It's about having a good team around you. It's about having that vision that you're building towards. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I think like. Joseph Campbell always talks about kind of the hero's journey. Like, I mean, you have to go into the the cave that you, you most fear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just having any kind of purpose or, or want in life is, is not easy, you know? Yeah. And actually, you don't want it easy because the story you tell of your struggles is what you tell. You don't tell the story of like, oh, it was really easy. And yeah. I, I did that. Yeah. You know, you always tell, say the toughest story because that's where the biggest growth comes, but yeah. it's also where the most interesting thing is uh, with life, you know? And that's one thing you have to be really mindful of. I keep reminding myself even this morning actually i was driving down here and like we're just we're going to die like it like like it I've happened had, right now yeah, yeah. but genuinely like genuinely like you're going to die yeah and when you really like I, I i meditate on that for 30 days at the start of the year um like you're going to die and when you really like but like when you really feel that you go wow like why am i why do i care like what why why am i actually really caring and what what am i really doing here you know like damien brown i don't know if you know damien brown yeah i've heard him a yeah couple of times uh, uh, old stock on instagram he's a uh, ex-professional rugby player he uh, is working with us on a new platform that we're building currently and he's uh, right now actually he's climbing everest yeah and i just never met a more i've never seen a man like him who's actively worked on uh, finding his purpose and living a life that he, uh, he has huge fulfillment from um, but the work that goes on in, in, in the back end in order to find that purpose and to really be that person. Uh, but it, it's just so, uh, it's it's authentic and it's amazing. Like, you know, and it's just to get away from the noise of life and get away from the noise of modern society. Like if it, if it requires having these systems, yeah. it requires you to ask really hard questions and it's going to require a different version of you right now because if it didn't, you'd have it right now exactly you know yeah and, and again that's one thing i would say you're saying that well, we have bigger ideas and plans and stuff 
there is no end mm. you're just you're just trying to live a life every single day that you really enjoy and try to create something that you have real passion for you know because mm. you'll get to that end of the year or that thing that you've done and go oh yeah there's more yeah and there's more because again yeah. you just there's always wake up yeah, yeah exactly yeah you mentioned there i think it was the podcast last week with rob uh about Ro- i think rob was doing the training and damien was kind of helping him with his mindset and one of the things i loved was he was like recognize that the training's going to be hard or you don't want to be there and kind of you were saying getting yourself into that sense of uncomfortableness yeah so that's something that uh well rob has done over the last year but uh, damien used as well just by kind of reframing mm-hmm. what's going on because like uh, like training is tough yeah it's really really tough and no one in the, in the depths of, the, of despair uh, when that gets tough really wants to be there because mm. it, it, it is it is tough but if you know going into this this is going to be really difficult i'm going to be in a really really dark place so first of all your, your pre-frame of going i know it's going to be tough so when it happens oh, this is not a surprise yeah like I, I was expecting this but then when you're in the middle of that chaos you're like yeah i mean i knew this is going to happen and now you're here you're performing you're doing it because ultimately the reason that you're doing that is to obviously get a stronger version like exactly. you're trying to get fitter you're trying to get more conditioning you're trying to get stronger what, uh, what, what, uh, what whatever it is but the mental aspect of that as well like you're going through this knowing it's going to be terribly yeah. uh, terribly tough you're then in the middle of that actually performing it but you can actually perform better yeah. You can really be in the middle of that and be so present. Mm. And that's the difference. When you start to work in these systems and have these questions in the middle of this chaos, you're right in the center of this. Yeah. And it's actually never as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. When you're in the middle of it, it's like, this is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm living it. Like, it's, just, it's here. It's now. Exactly. You mentioned on, shout out to the Primal Podcast. I know Danny's listening. Uh, you mentioned the McGregor mindset, I am the champion. Can you mm. explain that to the listeners? Well, that was something that was massive for me about 18 months ago because uh, again I ha- I've, I've had these big visions of in terms of what I've, I want, want to do but McGregor used to always say for a good year or two before he was champion that I am the champion you know I am the champion and all this and I was like Evan used to I used to laugh at it as well and yeah. go he's just saying this he's, he's mental you know whatever but then the more you kind of when he kept saying it and he was like I, I don't need the belt to be the champion I'm showing up every single day and I am the best and you're like oh yeah because the whole point of getting the belt the whole point of me building these products the whole point of you doing the training and ultimately performing on that pitch you're doing that because you know the person you have to become in order to actually do that so you can be that person right now that's the only reason that we have all these goals yeah because you'll get to that thing like i said and you won't feel any different yeah but you will be a different person because it requires a different person to get to that next level yeah they always say like new levels new devils like you literally you're not good enough right now to be that champion yeah but he's like I am the champion. So he shows up in his training. He shows up in his lifestyle. He has the mindset of the champion. He doesn't need to get that belt to then now have all that stuff. Because the champion is in the journey. Exactly. Well, the, the champion is here right now. Yeah. We're, we're waiting for more money. We're waiting for the belt. We're waiting for that external thing. Yeah. But you don't need that permission. Do it right now. Embody it right now. And that's something that I, I just didn't do. I had huge visions and we were doing well. It's all cool. But like, it's just like, in order for me to say that I want all this stuff, yeah, what the hell am I doing right now? And I, I think I'm just not living a life that this person would ever live. Yeah. So I remember seeing someone, uh, it's actually last month, I was watching something, someone bought a house in America for 26 million. And he's like, I saw the house three years ago and I looked up and I was like, oh, that's 26 million. And he's like, I reframed it and said, what, who would I need to be to have a house like that? 
I love that. Yeah, and it was, but it's such a, a different question. Now, I'm not saying that you have to go and get a 26 million yeah. house. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. But again, it's like, how would that person show up? What does he do every single day? There's no way that he is watching Netflix every single minute of the day. Like, he yeah. just isn't. Like, yeah. not just the, that's just not happening. Like, yeah. and whatever, you don't have to go for that 26 million, but what do you want from life? And work backwards. Exactly. Re- yeah. re- reverse engineer it. Yeah. What does that person need to be? Who do you need to be in order to reach that goal? You say you really want. Yeah. You, you're, you're telling me you really, really want that. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that work, you don't want that. Yeah. So go and find something you do want. Because then you will show up as the person that you claim you want to be. And that's what McGregor did. So the belt came as, as a result of him being the champion and saying that he is the champion and showing up every single day as the champion without the belt. And th- that's ultimately why we're on this journey of life. Because you're continually trying to grow into this vision, into this person, to have this impact mm-hmm. that you really want to have. And that just requires you to show up in that way. Where did you learn this? Like, who do you get value from that you can pick the brains about this? Is there, is there anyone particularly maybe on social media that maybe the listeners can follow and, and find value from? Um, well, actually, I, I unfollowed everyone on social media. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> only because I was just taking up. I, I didn't follow many people. I only followed about 100 or 200 people. And I actually unfollowed everyone uh, just because I... I don't find value and you kind of get lost in it. You know what yeah. I mean? It kind of doesn't really give me a huge amount of value. But so like, there's no one really in social media I would say that I could say kind of point to and go towards. Okay. But there's definitely like I read continuously. I'm trying to upgrade it. Like I have mentors. I have four mentors now currently. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, two in movement. One in, like I said in spiritual kind of aspect and one in business. Okay. So like they're just people who are doing things that yeah. I want to be able to do that I can't do yet. So I give them money give me accountable i give them money to give me their experience okay and i give them money to make sure that i'm doing the work that i i say i want to do to be them essentially yeah. you know yeah uh, and that's what i would just say to do like like re- reading is just massive you're yeah. like look at your mindset as your body it's continually evolving your con- it affects the choices you make uh, the beliefs that you have will impact every aspect of your life but your brain is manual you can literally learn anything mm-hmm. and we, we just stop doing this at, at a young age or we, ta- we think we're stuck this way or we're surrounded by these people social media internet has changed everything mm. we're no longer just Ireland in this little small place we are the world yeah. we have access to people that you can pay online like you can follow on social media you can read and reach out to anybody mm-hmm. and anyone who's done something that you want to do they're just like you and me the difference is they're doing things that you're not, not doing right now but they're just being pulled towards a vision. They're actively working on this stuff because, again, if you're kind of staying still, you're essentially kind of dying, really, because we're, we're as human beings, we're meant to evolve. We're always tr- constantly trying to level up for survival. It has to be more. So the aim is that if you're actively working on that, you're always going to be a bit like just the next up 1%, 1%, 1%, 1%. Um, so yeah, look at your mindset like your body. It has to be trained. It has to be worked on, and that can be difficult as well. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's easier not, said than done. Yeah, like yeah. again, the, that spiritual coach that I have, sometimes I couldn't be bothered meditating. Like that's why I pay him to make sure that I'm doing the work and all that. Yeah. Like it's, I meditated yesterday. I was like, I couldn't. I don't really want to do it. Yeah. Obviously, I felt great after it, like you would say when you're training and all that. But like, it's like you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm paying this person. I'm putting time, effort, and money into this. Yeah. I may as well sit down here now and do this thing that I say I want to do. But it's just having that system there because ultimately, it's. I have to be the person that I say I want to be in order to reach the goals I want to reach. Yeah. Is that the biggest thing you've you've taken away from working with a mentor is that accountability? Uh, yeah. Also, the accountability, but also seeing the inside of, of what they do. Okay. Like, when it comes to business, even, for example, there's, like, I have a mentor who 
is say three or four years ahead of me in terms of what he can actually do in terms of his business and the impact that, that he's had and when you see the inner workings you go wow okay. and you might from the outside went like oh yeah that's just lucky or i could do that or whatever yeah. but then you see what he does and then even say my spiritual coach like what he does and the mindset that he's in that's i i see what he does yeah like he, all the work that he does even the movement aspect side of things the detail and everything that they do like there's a reason why they have so much knowledge and why they're reading and what they're teaching and the results they're getting etc it's like every one of them just really gives you an insight into their life okay. the practices that they have every single day and it really reveals what where you're kind of missing you know okay. and that's the beauty of it a mentor just opens up a world to you that you can make mistakes for three four five six seven years and you might get there but like you're just going down dead alleys, it's going to be much, much tougher yeah. and you might actually struggle to get there. Okay. But that mentor going, I've done this thing that you want to do. Mm. Here's the path. Yeah. And it's not any easier, yeah. but you have a clear path now to follow. It's not having to go left, right. And there's yeah. a clear path. If you follow these steps, yeah. you can get to this, this level that you say you want to. So investment has been key for me. Yeah. Investment in courses, investment in actual people and in books. Uh, I'm not a big fan of reading a load of books. I remember I... Um, like I got to a stage like last year, I was like, "Oh, trying to read a book a week or something like that." Yeah. Um, but it actually didn't take in a lot of the knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're now trying to get through so many yeah, books, like yeah. And, and Naval saying you should read like a hundred of the best books over and over and over again because you'll always learn something new. Yeah. Now I don't do that. I'm not reading the same books all the time, but I have gone back to so many books. Yeah. And I've just taken different things, highlighted different parts. I go, oh, I actually understand that more now yeah. because of my experience that I've had over the last year or whatever. So if you find a really good book that you enjoy keep going back to it keep taking bits out of it and that. then apply yeah i'm gonna wrap that for me as well i have a couple of specific sort of movement questions for you i, I mentioned before i have a background in gea i'm coaching what are we overlooking as athletes in terms of movement and let's say like for example gea there's such a huge like hips and hip injuries are really prevalent at the moment what what are we overlooking and help to prevent that yeah, as I mentioned, about the pelvis and the hips for for the warm up, I, I think it is an area that is definitely kind of undertrained or not uh, really focused on a huge amount. Because mm -hmm. when it comes to Gaelic football, as I mentioned, you're moving side to side, you're turning left and right. It's not just all in this kind of straight line. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in the gym, it is all just a kind of perfect prep of you know bench press or a squat up and down. There's yeah. no real lateral movement, you know. So I do think I do, I do think training the hips and training the pelvis uh, in particular are just areas that should be trained mm -hmm. and that can be trained in the gym or specifically then but you know mobility drills or breathing drills or or uh, whatever so i think that is, is is key but then with gaelic as well and we were actually talking about this off podcast just the training volume yeah it's just something that has to be really uh well it has it has to be focused on a lot more especially for the young athletes yeah uh, from the age as you mentioned from about 30, 14 to 15 upwards to about 22 23 at uh, schools college their local team the, you know inter-county mm -hmm. uh 21s like, you know it's, they just play for they're the best player for, for so everyone. many for everyone that's the problem yeah and yeah. they're having to perform for everyone and mm -hmm. they're able to because they're young and whatever but they don't realize how much it's actually taking a, a, out of them you know because uh it's tough like it really is especially as, as we go into uh, more mo modernization as the sport becomes more professional even though it is amateur like training is getting more uh, scientific based etc uh, it's, just, it's so much more taxing on the body so definitely training areas i believe in terms of the pelvis and the hips etc but then being really focused on 
what you're doing every single week in terms of that training volume. Okay. You mentioned briefly there breathing. How, how can, I'm, I'm interested in implementing that into my training. How can I do that? Well, there's a couple of ways, I suppose. The two ways that we really focus on would be one would be just kind of re- relaxation. So going from that kind of stressful state down, stressful state, sorry, down towards that flight or, f- or fight mode. Uh, uh, fight or flight down to rest or, d- or to digest, sorry. Um, so that would just be literally breathing. Just, just, just relaxing breathing afterwards, cool down, meditative, meditative style. Um, but the other one that we use, uh, we actually use breathing to get more movement around the rib cage and the spine. And actually, if you want to try it now, just to uh, give you a kind of a, a fr- frame of reference. So if you're sitting down on your chair now, if you just get your hands onto your knees, and what you want to do, what we're going to do is you get the tongue to the roof of your mouth. That's a natural resting position for your tongue. So your nervous system just feels a lot more relaxed in, 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 in that place. We're going to nasal breathe. And all you're going to do is for five seconds, breathe into your upper back to your shoulder blades and try and expand your shoulder blades for five seconds. And then you're just going to breathe out for five seconds again through your nose. So what you're trying to do here, the, the tongue stays to the roof of your mouth to relax your nervous system. You're going to do a big inhalation Breathe in through your nose for five seconds. Try and fill the upper back. Expand the shoulder blades. And then you're just going to breathe out for five seconds. And you may even kind of feel your abs kind of engage as you breathe out as well. And what that's doing there is we're just getting an expansion into an area that a lot of people haven't got much movement around the shoulder blades, around the rib cage. And we can obviously just make more specific and kind of progress it from there. Yeah. But so a lot of people would, would see it as kind of ab work. They'll feel their abs working off a lot. They'll feel their... Like I mentioned, the rib cage activate and actually physically expand, and um, but we call it breath work. Yeah. So again, the intent behind what you do, and we're just working into an area, like I said, that most people have never trained before. 100%. So if we can give them more movement in that area, they yeah. now have more movement options in general. Yeah. And that's what we want to have as an athlete. That's one thing that is missing, uh, I think, in terms of training as well for GAA athletes. It's just movement options, because again, think about you're going for a tackle, you're going for a ball. You're moving in all weird and wonderful ways. Yeah. If we can give you access to more range of motion, either side, left, right, and the center, you have more options to produce that skill of yeah. making that tackle, of having that kick, doing whatever, because there is no one perfect way to physically move on that pitch. And the more control of your body, the more options you have of your body, the easier it is for your body to physically go and perform. Yeah. I actually did that breathing thing there. You would have seen me. But it, I realized from the first rep to the last rep, you've a ra- bigger range of motion in your shoulders like that's you, again intent but you just realise and I remember doing in the movement assessment doing that kind of spinal flexion the difference from the first to the last rep was huge and there wasn't even that much improvement because obviously it was within the space of a minute but it just shows like if you're training something you haven't trained or you have intent that there is a difference there and that's the brilliant thing about that is like you can see then if you can make a tiny little difference within space of a minute or an hour imagine doing that consistently for a week for a month for yeah. a year and that's how adaptable the human body is like your mm-hmm. body gets really good at what you do so you can't be surprised that you, your hips or pelvis doesn't move that well if you never kind of train them yeah but you can train them the yeah. body is hugely adaptable and that's the best thing if anyone follows me on social media and thinks it's amazing what i do i've just done this for 10 years exactly that's all that really is and that's what i meant earlier is you're there's actually nothing special about you or the athletes no. you just you just keep doing it exactly it's brilliant yeah. and, th- and th- that's the thing don't be held back by your mind saying you can't do it yeah because you've never actually tried this before and that's the beauty again of going to a mentor going to a coach going to somebody that is doing something you want to do that you can't do yet you go and learn yeah and then you just apply because they've done it they've they've shown that it's possible so if they've done it you can do it you yeah. if you want it you can definitely definitely do it exactly 
Um, speaking about a specific thing you mentioned before, sitting on the ground watching TV, and I'm only mentioning this because my mom, she's, she wants to get into all this movement stuff for her back and her hips. Why should we sit on the ground watching TV? It's not even necessary. That it, it was more just to be like, uh, to have, like, when we sit, we kind of just take for granted that we'll just sit in this chair and this is a, we will be kind of forever. Yeah. So the aim is like, you know, you're a product of your environment. And your environment can be whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a chair. You can sit on the floor. You can sit on the couch. You can sit on this table here. You can sit with your legs crossed. You can sit in a 90-90 position. Yeah. It's just like, don't be afraid to... Try it. Yeah, to be yeah. A, li- a little bit weird in, in your environment. Like, it's yeah. like... Because, again, we're just told that we go and do this thing in our home or in our work or in, our, in modern society. Again, the gym and sport is just invented by humans. Exactly. So if they're invented by humans, that means you can invent and Something you else. want to invent. Yeah. yeah. You just make up your own exercises. You can make up your own exercise. You can make up whatever you want, you yeah. know? So again, just question things. What you do kind of day to day, question how you physically move and can you explore in any yeah. any kind of weird way you want to. I like that. Uh, looking forward, you kind of mentioned plans. I don't know if you want to mention on this, but what can we expect over maybe over the next couple of months? Uh, we have a few uh, programs coming out uh, in terms of uh, Movement 101. I won't mention that program or one or two of the programs because they're not uh, finalized just yet. But we have a new platform with Damien Brown called Telos that's coming out. And that's okay. going to be for uh, high-level performers, actually. So that's people who've gone through the process of Movement 101, who've worked with us individually and are kind of ready to go to the next level. Okay. And that's kind of the aim with Movement 101 now. We're trying to take it to the next level and then build like mobile for life and in its trend kind of different products that are going to just kind of ask different questions so we're, we're going down a, a kind of a new avenue okay and uh, with damon damon's a world, world adventurer and has built this kind of lifestyle mindset system uh it's currently a year uh, a year's worth of content that's that's, uh, that's amazing so okay. we're now trying to just go to the next level of our community wow. and try and go deeper than we've probably ever gone before it sounds really interesting. Yeah, and it, that, again, it's, it's kind of like, that's kind of the aim now, as we kind of like begin to expand, we kind of ask deeper questions, we kind of invest things a little bit differently, and that's the joys of life. Something that I would have said we I wanted to do three years ago, yeah. it's kind of a different animal now, just okay. because you, you kind of just step in and things happen and yeah. you know experience stuff, and it, it's great to be able just to you know create and just try things. Exactly. Longer term than maybe, let's say, 10 years down the road, where, where do you see yourself? Can you maybe picture yourself that long, that far away? Yeah, well, why am I now? 34, so 44. Yeah, no, I, I definitely still see uh, moving to 101 uh, being here in okay. some shape or, or form. What that shape or form would be will probably be uh, a lot different than it is now. But, yeah, no, I still see myself kind of working. I still see myself trying to help people physically move better or change in their lives through movement or certainly giving them the tools and the principles to transform their lives. But... Uh, ideally we just kind of have a bigger impact like i mm-hmm. said we are building new projects that i probably can't just say uh, just yet what they are and we are going down kind of a different avenue in terms of where we are but as our team expand and if you get more experienced people on that team uh, our vision will definitely begin to grow so okay. please god in 10 years time we are doing more of what we're kind of doing now okay interesting and uh before i move on to sideline seven who would who would you like to see on the podcast maybe a particular athlete they don't have to work with you or not but i might get your help to get them on Okay, uh, who I like to see on the podcast? I would like to see. Uh, well, I actually, w- I w- I like to see James McCarthy on here because James. Love to chat to James. Yeah, because James, as we mentioned, like especially when I started working with him initially, he's really grown into like a serious athlete, and okay. his mindset in particular was someone that I I learned a huge amount from. Okay, and I have a huge amount of respect for what he's kind of grown into as an athlete because, uh, especially now, he he all he knows is winning. Yeah, that's how good he is. Yeah, and he's really he's been a huge key driver in that team. Hundred percent. In, in order to get him to, to to that level, he set standards for himself 
that he ends up meeting and it, it, it almost pulls Evan around him yeah. to that standard as well. And uh, he takes that into his own career. He takes it into his own personal life as well. So I, I just think his, uh, his, his story, even outside of Gaelic, never mind in Gaelic though, would be huge because mm-hmm. I think he's been a huge catalyst and driver Definitely. for that team doing what they've done. 100%. Will he be on the Movement 101 podcast? We get him on eventually, yes. Yeah, eventually. At some stage. Yeah. So the sideline seven, it's the same seven questions for every guest at the end of each episode. Uh, question one, what is your favourite quote? Favourite quote? Um, yeah, I was thinking about this because you sent me the questions and I was thinking what, what, what it could be. I don't necessarily have a favorite quote because it's kind of kind of like there's so many and a lot of them are kind of cliche. But that idea of they say about insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah. Because it is something that uh, I've done in, in, in the past. And it's like, again, I say I want to do one thing, but then I end up showing up as the other thing. Yeah. And then it, it really reveals to me that I don't want that thing. Yeah. So it is something that I always question myself in in terms of as I'm showing up every single day, as I'm doing the things that I'm doing, if I keep doing the same thing, that quote always pops in, into my head, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So that means to me that what I say I want, I don't want. Mm-hmm. So I have to find out what I actually really do want. So if it makes me reflect on what I'm doing, because I keep doing the thing I say I don't want to do, yeah. I have to change tack then and find a new way of doing something that I want to do. Yeah, so that, that kind of ties into this whole conversation, what we had. Okay, like yeah, that. it's a nice wrap up. Uh, best sporting event you've been to? Best sporting event. Oh, I've been so many. They're amazing. Um, off the top of my head, I, ha- I well, I, in fairness, I think it has to be down in it was um, Mount Juliet when Tiger Woods came over the oh, first time. Wow. Yeah, we yeah. went down for uh, the practice day on, uh, and it was the first time I saw Tiger. I was in hugely into golf as well, and I just I, m- I met so many a lot of the players. We actually went. Uh, well, backstage, you went, went behind the scenes Deadly. and met lo- loads of the players. And that was a kind of a game changer for me in terms of my, uh, my golfing aspect. And it was kind of the first time I met really big superstars as well. Okay. I think I was about 12 years of age. Wow, okay. And uh, yeah, that was kind of, a, that's something that's always stuck in my head. And I've never, ever forgotten. Yeah, that's a pretty cool moment. What was that like meeting your heroes? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. They were all really, really co- like amazing. And then it was, it was, cause it was like watching a movie. Yeah. Because it's just something I, I would see for years, them on, on TV. And now these people who were from America and different lands were coming over here and I was just like, oh my God, they're real people. <laughs> like they were literally like, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's always stuck in my head. And it wasn't even say Tiger Woods, he just happened to be there, but everyone else around it, like lesser known players who I can't even think of now. But like, yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. It's class. I was reading a story about Rachel Blackmore there during the weekend after she won. So some guy put it up a couple of years ago. His son was down watching the races and he went around, asked me for his autographs and they gave autographs or whatever, but she took him in to the backstage and made sure everyone got the autographs. And I just thought that was a really nice moment because they so say cool. not to meet your heroes, but yeah. when they're nice like that, and as you said, they're real people, that's really cool. Yeah, and I th- 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 that is the beauty though as well. As I've met so many kind of athletes o- o- over the years. Like they really are and it's real people. You yeah. know, like, like, like it's, it's crazy how much we put them up in the pedestal and as if they're different than you and me, you know? Yeah. Uh, like they have the same fears, they have the same... Um, challenges that we have every single day you know and the beauty of that is just knowing the power you have to achieve what you want to achieve 100 percent. um biggest setback or challenge so far in your career in my career it probably would have been uh, well, well that aspect i suppose of deciding to kind of go into more movement that, that was a big kind of setback and challenge that i had kind of had to get through yeah and then like i said i burnt myself out twice pretty big in terms of movement one-on-one times okay and again that, that quote going back to doing the same thing over and over again like the second time 
I was doing the same thing that I did the first time. Yeah. And it's like, you can't just keep doing doing these things, you know? So they, it was a challenge for me to say, to show up as the person that I wanted to show up as. And maybe that I wasn't living a life that I, I really did value, yeah. you know? Um, but challenges are kind of happen every single day, you know? Yeah. Like they, 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 they're, they're good things, really. Because, uh, again, both of them things that happened in terms of me, me burning out and having to take some time off from work was like best thing ever happened yeah you know, like it really really was and without them things i wouldn't be the person i am today or doing the things that I, I'm, d- I'm doing today yeah and i look forward to the challenges ahead essentially that's a good mindset to have and um, then on the flip side then your biggest achievement biggest achievement i suppose uh, would be my little daughter i have to say yeah. she's amazing she's uh, 18 months old and uh it's madness when you have a child uh, there's a love that you feel that's actually un- undescribable okay and it's because uh, this child god love her means if she's in, in in your company and without you she's nothing she's going to not survive so it's all all the pressure is, is on you but it's also a huge privilege as well so yeah. that because th- as much uh, don't get me wrong everything I, I do is definitely for for movement but there's there's a family aspect for me and my my wife and my, and my one child that will have be having a few more children in the future as well that um I, you can never t- kind of take take away or replicate so that's been the biggest achievement so far yeah that's a lovely she'd be delighted now if she doesn't <laughs> yeah which won't understand it so yeah. it's fine <laughs> uh, d- uh, advice your 18 year old self 18 year old self yeah I was thinking about this I, I don't know what advice I would give because what I, I, I would say it's kind of like yeah like just keep going even though right. I didn't know what, what, I, what I was doing you know yeah. what I mean because I, 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 I don't think I would have listened okay no matter what I, I, I said I would always been like yeah look you're a bit of an idiot yeah. But keep going and, and you'll, you'll get through it. Out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, the, the idea of this, of what would you tell your 18-year-old self, I really don't think most 18-year-olds would listen to themselves. <laughs> they just wouldn't. Because again, you're kind of like, yeah, whatever. Or even I if know you, what's best. Yeah, yeah, or even if you don't know what's best, you're like, shut up. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? You don't know either. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I'm such a different person than I was when I was 18. Yeah. And th- I suppose that's what I, I, I would say. I, I, I would say, look, continue as you are. But you're going to look back at this and go, wow, I can't believe I was that person. Or you're just going to be such a different person when you're 34 or even when you're 24. You're going to continue to grow. So don't worry. Yeah. And th- that's what I would love to get across to my daughter. You know, like it's like, look, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. R- regardless of what happens, you know, literally like death will occur around you and everything's going to be fine. We're going to die and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Like it's going to be fine. Yeah. Like just it's show going to be fine. <laughs> it is though, but genuinely, like yeah. just, just show up and live your life. You know, I mean? you yeah. have to have all the answers because no one does. You're not going to always know what to do or what the next step is. Mm. But the idea is that everything is going to be fine. Whatever happens, we'll move forward. Like human beings, are, they, again, they are hugely adaptable and can get through any like chaos and awfulness in life because it's happened left, right, and center yeah. and has done for literally thousands and millions of years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say keep going. You're going to be all right. Would you wish you have journaled back then so now you could look back? Yeah, that'd be interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wonder because I, I always wondered about social media when I was eighteen because I, I I see young people now and social media and I wonder if I would have been inspired by the entrepreneurial side of stuff and yeah. the mindset side of stuff or would I got lost down the toughness yeah. of social media, you know? Because obviously it is quite tough for young people mm-hmm. uh, with social media. So yeah, I I, I don't know how I, I would have taken all of all, all of this stuff uh, or what I I would have been like, but journaling would have been something that would have helped regardless of what and even just, just to look back just because ha- the idea of even just talking to someone or writing your 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 own thoughts down yeah it's a huge thing because it's not just in you and you're actually able to understand it whether you actually read it and understand it but just by getting it out you're actually understanding what's inside of you you're actually getting what's inside of you out and you're processing it yeah. whether you're doing that constantly or not 
and that's the beauty of actually journaling mm. and uh, again like, like you said there's so many ways to journal mm. I just call it writing like, it's just writing yeah. it's all it has to be you just write and what do you write about whatever yeah. don't, over don't overthink these things the same with like movement what should I do Like, how can I move don't overthink it yeah. work into areas that you're not working into right now move your hip this way move your spine that way well it, it's a bit tight there of course it is you never move there yeah. yeah but just explore and the same with writing it's the same with, with, with your life you know try things that you want to try that kind of feel good or working towards your goals you know yeah uh, so sitting down with your own thoughts and just getting them out there is invaluable for so many people yeah dream dinner guest dream dinner guest and why yeah i was thinking about this as well i don't know who my dream dinner guest would be but i think it would be someone like who's done i i think it would be someone in the past who's gone through a bit of hardship and like well, not necessarily got through it all, but ha had had learnings and teachings, you know, to, to to give. Yeah. So, who that would be, I don't really know. But like, I I do know that it would definitely be someone who was. I suppose no. It would, if I, if I was to say an athlete of someone that I kind of really respect and look up to, and had a tough time, would be uh, Tony Adams okay. off Arsenal. Tony Adams was an amazing footballer for Arsenal centre back, and he. Uh, went through some real hardships with alcohol and he came out to the other side. Okay. So I'd actually love just to hear his journey. Yeah. Because I actually think there's so much worth and value in just listening to somebody else who's gone through so much. Yeah. And you can just take bits from that. Like it, it, it's not necessarily about someone who's achieved a huge amount. Yeah. It's actually about someone who's just survived actually something that's uh, from the outside in looks pure chaotic mm -hmm. and they've actually come out to the other side. Yeah. It's kind of like, do you want to talk to someone with, let's say, 10 on Ireland or who maybe fell at the hurdle of Ten All Ireland and learned from those. Yeah. And even just, 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 just the beauty of that as well, of, of the, like kind of getting someone that would be, have a vision in terms of even someone who's changed now in comparison to what they did previous as well. Yeah. Because I think, I think that it, it is important in terms of our growth and our involvement that we are evolving, that we mm. do change, that we're not just this footballer forever. Yeah. Because again, you won't be and eventually you're going to have to let go of that, you know? Yeah. So that doesn't define you, you know? You're a human being first and foremost. So, you know, who are you as a human being? Yeah, to remember that as well. Final question then, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? This chapter would be called... Yeah, in, enjoy the now, is what I, I, I'd say. Okay. Because it is something that I've worked on very hard over the last year, is just to really enjoy the presence of life. And having a child as well has really helped that. Yeah. Because uh, a child knows no different apart from right now. When you take something off that child... She'll ball her eyes out because she thinks it's gone forever. <laughs> yeah. So the idea being, uh, like all there really is, is now. And as, as, as an entrepreneur, as you're constantly creating, you can kind of get out of that now. Yeah. So just, uh, just in, in enjoying it right now, this is something that I've always wanted to do. It was a dream three, four, five, six years ago. Yeah. And I'm, I'm living it now and there is no end. Yeah. So just to enjoy it every single day and to show up and and to yeah live life to the full yeah do you think that journaling helps your mind that to stay yeah 100 percent. Yeah. and like i said that reflection as well yeah. you're always kind of looking back and like i said then to read old journals and that but journaling and meditation and again journaling and meditation like i said can be different things to different people so exactly. it's not just this way one to journal not yeah. just one way just to meditate but them two practices have been life-changing for me mm -hmm. just in terms of me as a human me being more present me being able to show up as the person I want to be and also working towards that vision yeah. that I really value and I really uh, embody or certainly try to embody every mm -hmm. single day. Uh, and the sooner you can start either or uh, or both, uh, I definitely would. Okay, I'll have to get on the meditation route then. But look, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time and I just want to wish you the best of luck with everything going forward. If the listeners don't know who you are, where is the best place to find you? Probably Instagram. So uh, 
uh, at Brian underscore Movement101. Or you can check us out on uh, movement101.com. Uh, we also have a podcast, little snippets uh, on uh, Spotify, on YouTube, uh, but Instagram. Any questions at all, feel free to drop me a DM. Perfect. I'll be sure to link it in the description box below. But yeah, Brian, thanks a million for coming on and uh, really appreciate it. Pleasure, Ola. Thank you much. huge thank you to brian for joining me on the podcast there were so many amazing takeaways and teaching points in that episode so be sure to let me know over on social media at the sideline live what you thought of the conversation as always a massive thank you to primal productions for your advice and support if you're looking to start your own podcast or bring your current podcast to the next level be sure to get in touch with them over on instagram at primal pro